Hey guys, welcome to a crazy, passionate, intense, and um, probably controversial episode of Outer Heaven, the Knives Monroe podcast. Of course, I'm your host. This is my show, Knives Monroe. Um, thank you for listening. I'm going to try something very different. I'm going to try to do something I've actually never done before, ever. And uh, I'll be completely frank. Um, I think this is episode six or something of that sort. And this is going to be a lot like episode zero orientation in terms of there's no guest today. I'm not having a talk with anybody, no chat, no interview. Uh, it's just going to be me and you. So take it or leave it. Um, now, you know, going back to that honesty I was talking about, I'm recording this with a Rode microphone attached to a boomstick inside my H4N Zoom microphone field recorder inside my PT Cruiser and it's raining outside inside Austin, Texas. Um, I'm not just visiting, I live here. I, I moved to Austin, Texas for good. So I'm just gonna get into it. There's really no time to waste. Um, if you heard last week's episode, in the opening, you heard me talk about um, a lot of things I wanted to get off my chest, and it was definitely about the Rio Grande Valley. It was about the RGV. Now, for those of you who are going to be hearing this years from now, months from now, someday, you might think, oh, this has nothing to do with me. This, uh, I don't really care about this, and that's fine. But um, if you've ever lived in a town where you felt shackled, where you felt marginalized, where you felt like you were a fishbowl, uh, a fish inside a fishbowl and, and, and you couldn't grow, if you ever lived inside a town where um, ambition was killed, if you've ever lived in a town where you know, the greatest accomplishment you could ever make is to leave your town, then this actually does pertain to you. Um, but I think many of my listeners um, actually might actually today uh, be in the RGV, in the Rio Grande Valley, so this is for you. You know, I'm going to include in the show notes, and I insist that you that you watch it and you listen to it. It's a video I made in 2012 entitled Austin, Texas, um, 2012, I believe. And uh, it's about 30 minutes. I shot it in my apartment. And when I used to live in Austin, I lived in Austin for nine months in 2012 to 2013. Uh, right after my first feature film, Her Doppelganger, uh, two days after that movie premiere, I was in Austin, Texas with less than 100 bucks in my pocket. Um, and I was homeless for six weeks on 6th Street, no less. I got a job at a Walmart. I was able to get an apartment. And... Uh, that became the biggest depression of my life. Um, and I don't mean some sort of medical issue, chemical imbalance with my head. It was really just a depression. I believe the exact opposite of expression is depression. If you can't express yourself, um, you know, you start feeling like you're dying. And that was my experience um, the first time I moved from the Rio Grande Valley. I went from the highest high selling out a movie theater to the lowest low, sleeping on a second-story fire escape down 6th Street. Um, 
And this isn't a boo-hoo why, I mean, this was all through my own volition. That's something that I wanted to do. If you want more context to that, check the show notes and you're gonna see a link to a YouTube video that I made four years ago that goes more into depth about that journey. Now, that's not what I wanna talk about. I don't wanna talk about, wow, I did it. I was able to move out of my hometown and now I'm in a big city and this isn't that, okay? This is really more of a, of a wake-up call and I just want to preface this with guys I know how I'm interpreted and I know how I sound and I'm aware of how I come across to most people maybe 95% of people that guy's an asshole that guy's an arrogant little shit who the fuck does Knives Monroe think he is I've heard it all I've got into fist fights actual physical altercations due to the tone of my voice due to sometimes sounding sarcastic but I'll tell you, yeah, I joke around, of course. And I find humor in tension. If, if, if I'm going to feel tense, if I'm going to feel stressed out, I'll break the tension. I'll do something fun instead to snap out of it, right? But I'm also, you know, don't confuse passion with anger. And that's what this is. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. I'm not depressed. I'm not stressed out. I was all those things in the real Grandy Valley. And I'm not those things here. I lived in Donna, Texas my entire life, you know? I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I moved to Dallas, Texas. I moved to Donna when I was six years old and pretty much stayed there until I was 28. Donna's given me a lot. It's given me a lot of convenience. It's, uh, it's given me my friends. It's given me my family. I met my girlfriend in Donna, Texas. Hey, Claire. Uh, you know, I... I have my family, you know, that's where we were in Donna, Texas, right in between Brownsville and Mission and the center, right? Up until last year, Donna, Texas had nothing until now it has a Walmart. That doesn't make it special. It just means that more intelligent people with greater resources know the valley for what it is and they're going to put franchises all around town. You're going to get a new P.F. Chang. You're going to get a new fucking Panda Express, you're going to get a new McDonald's and a new Walmart. So when people say that the RGV is growing, that's how it's growing. It's taking more money from, from you guys. It's not growing artistically. You might think it is. I thought it was. I hoped. I hoped that it was. I convinced myself that it was. You know, um, when I went to Austin the first time to live, I... I wanted to grow, I wanted to suffer, and I wanted to learn. And instead, I really hurt myself and I hurt my brain. And I chalked that up to young age. I was 24 at the time. And uh, it wasn't until I met Claire, you know, she saved my life. And, and, and I moved back to Donna, you know? I had to go see about a girl. And it kind of felt like a failure at the same time. It felt like Austin didn't work out. It felt like I couldn't hack it, and I couldn't. Uh, I was weak. And that's the truth, I was weak. Um, but through my family, and through educating myself, and through repetition, I rewired my brain, and I demanded more for myself than anybody could ever possibly expect from me. And I got out, you know? And, and I came to Austin a much stronger person this time around. 
and I think it's gonna work this time. And I, I'm not going to ever let myself fail. There's, I, you know, you have to remember, guys, what you have to go back to. And what I have to go back to is the Rio Grande Valley. I, I'm never, I'm never gonna do that. There's beautiful people there. My mother's there. My mother and father-in-law are there. You know, my brother is there. I, I value that place. I, I'm going to always carry Don in Texas and the Rio Grande Valley with me wherever I go. I'm never going to forget where I came from. But sometimes it's not about where you take things from. It's about where you take things to. I'm bringing that energy over here. So August 1st, man, we're still in August right now. It's kind of madness. What's today's date? Uh, August 22nd. I'm recording this right now at 845 in the morning in my car in Austin. I'm staying with my brother, Matthew, and I'm recording this, and this episode's gonna go up in a few hours. I have actually have a job that I'm about to do here, and I'll tell you more about that in a second. But August 1st, just a few days ago, a few weeks ago, in fact, I, I launched the flashback service with Outer Heaven, and I launched this Outer Heaven podcast. And out of everything that I've put out there, the podcast was the most received, and that's great. I'm going to keep doing that. Do more of what works. That's what I believe. And I'm going to keep doing this. Um, but I couldn't really close on any sales with my flashback service. You know, I'm, I'm educating the market, the Rio Grande Valley, um, putting content out there, you know, uh, connecting with people, and it was, it was, it was fun. But I started getting stressed out because uh, I didn't have a day job to go back to, you know? And you have to understand that I've worked at McDonald's, Burger King, Whataburger. I've worked at House of China, Lowe's, H-E-B, Walmart. Um, that's the only jobs I'm really qualified for on paper in the Rio Grande Valley. I don't have a degree. College isn't my thing. I gave it a shot. It didn't work out. That's just not me. Okay, I'm a guy in third grade that they put in a gifted and talented class, and I knew myself and know I was, I was, I knew myself enough to know, and I was self-aware enough to know that I didn't really belong there. I didn't belong there. I, I didn't understand academics and academia the way my peers did. You know, but the fact that people believe that I, 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 I was you know smarter than what people gave me credit for the fact that. Somebody believed in me. You have to understand, from second grade, I had um, an accent, an Oklahoma accent. I couldn't roll my R's. So I guess I would say, you know, Wabut instead of Robert, right? And so when I was in second grade, I went to Ochoa Elementary. And the teachers put me in a mentally disabled class. They're like, this kid, you know, it's not all right up there. Of course, my mom got upset, you know, um, you know, fucked shit up. And, you know, demanded I was put into a, a normal classroom, started taking me to speech therapy. That was my second grade. Then to go to third grade and to say that I was a, a gifted and talented student, I was like, what? Like, I, I didn't believe that. I, I was like, gifted and talented? What? No. You know, uh, I don't really ever think I gave any indication that I was that. I don't even know to this day how I got in there, third, fourth, and fifth grade. I don't know how I got that. Come sixth grade, you know, um... I always tell people I have a third grade education because middle school was shit. I didn't, learn, I didn't get anything out of the Donna middle school system. I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything out of the Donna high school system. Shout out to my psychology and sociology teacher, Mr. Zamora, and my, you know, my computer teacher, uh, 
Mr. Hernandez and Mr. Jet. Shout out to those dudes. But I didn't get anything out of high school. I pretty much showed up, you know, for the free lunch. I didn't get anything out of high school. And it was the, it was the Texas system and it was the Rio Grande Valley, man. The standards are so fucking low there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're not surprised. You're not surprised. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you guys are teachers. All of you guys used to be students. And if you came through that system in South Texas, what'd you get out of it? I wasn't that guy that, you know, you know, for some people, they get school. They get the system of school and they realize I got to get all A's and I got to do this and I got to do the homework and I got to go to college. I got to go to college and I got to do this. That's great. I wasn't that guy. Uh, my brain, you know, I was a very self-aware kid as a child. I was very self-aware. At four years old, I was aware of my own consciousness. You know, I was aware of my place in my family, my, my role in the world and, and the inadequacy of being a child. I mean, I was involved with that. You know, I had anxiety, you know, for sure in second grade. I wanted to fuck every girl that I could in second grade, in kindergarten. I just wanted to lie down on girls and I wanted to hold hands with them. That, you know, that was like so preoccupied in my mind and nothing happened to me when I was a little baby or anything like that. Like I was just so self-aware and so aware of, you know, my brain and my body. And I, and I just wanted to love people. You know, I didn't have any friends until freshman year. And I, and I went over this in the orientation podcast, episode zero. Go back if you want to hear my origin story. But, you know, when I left Austin, Texas in 2013 and I went back to Donna in 2012 and I felt like I failed, I felt from then until now for four years, I felt, you know what? How can I ever go back to Austin without accomplishing what I want to accomplish here in the Valley first? That made sense to me. You don't have to be gifted and talented to think that, you know? And so I created Outer Heaven, started making more movies with Platadroid Productions. You know, we made Unmexican, we made Dogma 15, I made The Seven Hands of God, save that for another podcast. And, you know, I know film students right now, their goal is to make a feature film. I know, I know film students at the UTRGV at Pan Am that their goal was to make a short film, you know? Uh, I already did all that. I accomplished everything that you possibly can in the Rio Grande Valley in terms of the arts. You know, I connected with as many people as I possibly could and I tried to just give as much value as I possibly could every single day, even when and especially when I was broke. Why? Because Little Caesars doesn't want to hire me at 28 years old because, you know, because why? And, and why was I feeling upset that Little Caesars wouldn't hire me at 28 years old? And you can say, Knives, this is the life you chose. Knives, these are all your decisions and you're absolutely right. And maybe pride was fucking with me. And maybe pride is fucking with you if you're deluding yourself into thinking that the valley is growing. The RGV is growing, guys. We got a, a PF Changs. It's growing. How is it growing? The most successful people in the Rio Grande Valley leave the Rio Grande Valley and they never look back. I know people that were in my high school class that went to Paris, you know, they got engaged in a different country. They got married in a different state. You think they came back for their 10 year high school anniversary class 06? No, they didn't. Cause why? What do they have to prove? 
And you know what? It would only make you feel like shit. And you can create all the excuses you want and all the stories in your head on how you love the valley, you know? And that's great. You do that. And if it's genuine, you're right. That is your personal reality. You're right. And I give you two thumbs up for that. But for those of you that are artists, that have aspirations, you know, that want something more from themselves, you know, it's going to be harder for you. And I'll tell you this right now, you need to leave the Rio Grande Valley as soon as possible. You need to leave the RGV right fucking now. Shout out to Caroline Walker, who is at the Groundlings right now. She was a stand-up comedian. She would go to Mac Nights. And she's in LA. She's in Los Angeles. And I remember giving her the advice just a few months ago. Once you go, never come back. Never fucking come back. I mean, I tried to drill that in her head, and I think she knew it. And I hope she never comes back to the Rio Grande Valley. I wasn't even taking my own advice, you know? If you guys are waiting for the right moment, the moment is now. That's all you have. Because two years from now, or whenever you think you want to move, that's not guaranteed. I, I wanted to see more black faces in the Rio Grande Valley. I wanted to look to my left and see an Asian, an Indian, you know, a white person even. Look to my right, see a black guy, see different colored faces, you know? Um, I went to an Ikea the other day, and I saw this one dude that was working there that had like a, a two-foot-high mohawk that was like bright orange, all these tattoos. And you have no idea how good it was to, feel, to see that, you know? And, and guys, you don't know until you know. And you have to go out and give it a shot. Um, being here just for a week, I've only been here for a week. I, I left uh, last Sunday. Didn't tell anybody that I was leaving. Didn't tell my mother, my brothers, anybody. Because I had to do it alone. And, and also, nobody gives a shit. That's another thing. Nobody gives a shit whether if you're sticking to your diet regimen. Nobody gives a shit if you worked out. Nobody gives a shit if you're a good mom if we're, or if you're a good dad or if you're going to college and you're bettering yourself. Nobody gives a shit. Think about it. You tell everybody on Facebook, I checked into Starbucks and I'm going to hustle. And you get 12 likes. And you think they give a shit? Because they scrolled past a pixel and they pressed on it? You think they give a shit? They don't give a shit. You might have one or two people in your life that actually give a flying fuck about your best interest, about your happiness, about your health, your spirituality, and your finances. Over there in the valley, I could count them all in one hand. Yet I was trying to, you know, be the best that I could be over there, and I was being rejected every single day. I'm not saying I can't handle rejection, but my point is, and I realized this in the first week of August, if I'm gonna be stressing out, and if I'm gonna be busting my ass, and if I'm going to be putting all this energy and to trying to make it, and to trying to make big moves, and to trying to make money, and to trying to make it happen, and to trying to be the best me that I could possibly be. If I'm in the real Grandy Valley putting in all that energy, and I'm getting nothing in return, that's the definition of insanity. Einstein says insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Right? I had this moment of clarity when I was working out, maybe August 3rd or 4th, of, oh my God, I am putting all my energy 
in the Rio Grande Valley and I'm getting nothing, what is best for business is to go where the money is, is to go, is to go where the opportunity is, is to go where the culture is, is to go where the challenges are, is to go outside my comfort zone. Guys, if you're in the Rio Grande Valley and you have aspirations and you're an artist and you, and you want to work with the best and you want to be humbled and you want to, you know, you, you, you bust your ass and you're all about the repetitions and you're trying to do more, get out. Get out. Do yourself a favor and get out. Well, my money situation's not right. Go out and, and do it. Just fucking do it. I got two jobs and two days of being here that are paying me 50% more money than I could ever make in the Rio Grande Valley. So for those of you guys that are making $10 an hour in the Rio Grande Valley and you think that's a lot of money, I'm going to tell you right now that it's fucking not. And if you're comfortable with that, then remember, you're staying in the Rio Grande Valley and you're dying every single day because it's convenient. But I promise you, if you live to be 40, if you live to be 80, you're going to be sitting in that chair and you're going to be looking back thinking, I wish I could have or I should have. I guarantee fucking you that. You already know that, guys. For a second, for one second, take one minute out of your day and be that 80-year-old. What do you look like? What do you look like? Are, are you fat or are you fit? Do you look really old and worn out and disheveled? Or is there some sort of, you know, skip in your step? Is there some sort of, you know, beauty in your smile? You know, are, are, you, are you timeless? Are you, are you classic? And you wake up every day and you're grateful and you're, and you're lucky and, and you feel accomplished. Is that, is that what you see when you're 80 years old? Or are you going to be thinking about all the shots that you didn't take? Are you going to be thinking about, man, I really should have done this? Guys, the time's never going to be perfect. There is no right time to invest in yourself. It's not like, I'm going to do it two years from now. I'm going to do it five years from now. That's a delusion. Do it right now. Do it right now. And, and you know what? I, and, and I understand, like I said, you know, in the beginning of this podcast, I understand that I sound like a jerk. You know? This is too intense for most people. But I also know if this podcast reaches 1,000 people, one person is going to get it. And I'm, I'm telling you this right now, whoever you are, I'm telling you this. This is for you. Guys, I'm not showing off here, all right? I, I mean, I started from scratch all over again. And, and I'm never going to start from zero ever again. I'm going to bring my family over here. I'm going to bring my daughter. I'm going to bring my son. I'm going to bring my girlfriend and they're going to be greater people because they're in a greater town with more opportunity. Guys, I, it, it doesn't have to be Austin. You understand? It, it, it could be anything. It could be San Antonio. It could be Corpus Christi. It could be Houston, Dallas. It could be New Orleans, California, Chicago. It could be something new. But if you're an artist, you have to go out there. If you're career-driven, there, there are no jobs in the Rio Grande Valley. If you're saying that the RGV is growing, you're kidding yourself. And I'm speaking to, you know, first of all, fuck your ego. I'm not talking to your ego right now. I'm not talking to that voice. I'm talking to the voice behind it, the one that, that is reasonable, the one that, that gets sad when something didn't go right, the one that's saying, I just need that one shot, the one that's saying someday, the one that will do whatever it takes to feel fulfilled and happy. The one that wants to collaborate, the one that wants to learn that voice. I'm speaking to that voice, not your ego. 
Do you understand? Don't confuse my passion, my intensity with anger. That's not what this is. Yeah, maybe I'm a little upset at myself. Maybe I'm a little upset at my brain because my pride fucked with me. I thought for a long time, I thought, you know what? I'll make a lot of money here in the Rio Grande Valley doing what I love and I'll be worthy enough to go to Austin, Texas and I'll be something, I'll have something to show for it. Guys, there's this story about white crabs that are, you know, they have to put a lid on top of a pot of boiling water where they put and boil to death white crabs. You have to put a lid on top because the white crabs help each other get out of that. They help each other get out of the pot. Now, for black crabs, they got to put a lid on top of the boiling pot of hot water as well because the black crabs try to help each other get out. But the Mexican crab, they don't have to put a cover. They don't have to put a lid over the Mexican crab pot. Why? Because when one tries to get out, the other Mexican crabs pull them right back in. Juan Ochoa, I hope you're listening to this. He wrote a great book called Marijuano. Uh, Valley Native as well. And in his book, my girlfriend highlighted this one line that says, the worst thing that you can do to another Mexican is succeed. Think about it, guys. Think about it. I mean, people want you to do good, but they don't want you to do better than them. If you try to put a frog into a boiling hot, you know, hot tub... It's going to step on that water and get out. It's going to be like, nope, can't do that. But if you put a frog in normal water and you raise the temperature slowly, you raise that pressure cooker a little slowly, after a while you're going to cook and kill that frog. And the frog never even saw it coming because it was gradual. That was the real Grandy Valley for me. I was that frog. And I was working out one day and I had this realization, if I'm going to put all this energy and to bust my ass over here, I might as well do it where there's more opportunity. If I'm getting 3% out of the 150% that I'm putting out there in the Rio Grande Valley, and I can put the same 150% in Austin, but get 10%, I'm going to do it. That's best for business. I'm not going to say one day I, I should have or I could have. I'm not saying because I did it, you can do it too, guys. You could probably do it better than me. You, you're probably smarter than me, wiser than me. Maybe you have more connections. Or maybe you have less than me. But that's not what it's about. It's about tenacity. And it's strange that, you know, this drive is being lost in the 20-somethings of today. That's really strange to me. We're supposed to have it all figured out. You know? We have all the answers in the palm of our hands. It is a little frustrating, guys. I wanted you to know because the podcast is going to change. You know, I, I was interviewing and talking with who I, you know, guys that I considered the future, not just of the Rio Grande Valley, but of the world. And I'm really just expanding that spectrum. I'm broadening. I'm broadening that horizon, making it wider. You know, um, I'm expanding the reach. The podcast spirit is not going to change. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm a big picture guy. You're going to look back on, on this episode years from now and be like, this is what he was doing in the beginning. This is where he was at. I'm committed to 
stay true to my Monday and Thursday format. I'm committed to that. I'm going to do it forever. And you have that to look forward to. And I'm sharing this because I, I, the only thing I know is how to use myself as an example. Guys, I, I wasn't blessed with talent. You know, I wasn't blessed with skill. I'm not naturally gifted. I didn't have anything. You know, um, I remember, you know, eating. My food was paid by food stamps when I was growing up. You know, I lived in a dilapidated trailer when I was growing up. I lived with my grandma in her house where her eight kids, where she raised her eight kids. I, I grew up there. And, um, my only advantage in life was being raised by a single mother who educated herself, went to college, and built her own fucking house. I mean, this is a woman that was born in 65, you know? Um, this is a woman, when she was a little kid, at second grade, you know, they're telling her, do you want to work or do you want to go to school? And guess what all my uncles did? Guess what they chose? You know? They chose work. And they weren't thinking long-term, but all the women in my family, my aunts, my mother, they went to college. And they thought ahead. And they're winning. <laughs> you know? They're winning at life. They did the right thing. And uh, I grew up seeing my mother, when she was like my age today, graduate. Um, that was all I needed. Was, you know, to see the work. Um, guys... You're telling me you don't have anybody in your family that hasn't inspired you, that hasn't shown you what it's like to work hard? You don't know anybody, a friend of a family? You don't know anybody? You don't know anybody online that you look up to? You don't have any heroes? And episode zero of this podcast, I talk about my dads, CM Punk, Marilyn Manson, Tony Robbins, um, Quentin Tarantino, Kanye West, these guys that told me it was okay told me, you know what? People are going to call you an asshole, but you're a prophet and you're right. And you said this was going to happen and five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, it did. Those were my dads because I didn't have a dad. I didn't actually have a real father that gave a fuck about me. This is a guy that when I got his number and I called him when I was 12 years old, I asked him, how come he never wrote me? How come he never sent me a birthday card? How come he never tried to find me? How come when my brother got run over by a car, how come he didn't call us to see how we were doing? To see if, if his son, my brother, is alive? And he said, because I, I don't give a fuck. Word for word, that's what he said, because I don't give a fuck. And, and then I started to cry, and he said, why are you crying, you faggot? Why the fuck are you crying? You know, and of course my mother was on the other line, and she gave him what for, but um, that guy's not my dad. My dad is CM Punk. My dad was drug-free, alcohol-free, and was obsessed with his dream and accomplished his dream. My dad was Tony Robbins, a guy that, you know, his mother poured, you know, dishwashing soap down his throat. His mother was a little, a little nutso. He didn't have certainty growing up. But he read a book a day for five years from like 17 to 22, and he educated his ace. He educated himself. That's my dad. And now this guy is the head of, you know, 12 companies. He's a multi-billionaire. He writes books and he donates all the profits in advance to um, feeding homeless people. That's my dad. That gives me something to work towards and, 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 and gives me something to aspire to. 
Quentin Tarantino, who dropped out of high school, that's my dad. And he had a burning passion passion to, to be a filmmaker and to be one of the greatest filmmakers of all time that ever was. And, you know, he wrote many scripts and he was lucky enough to sell one of his scripts and he was lucky enough to, you know... Uh, based on good word and based on his work on the page was able to find financing to make Reservoir Dogs when he was 29 years old living with his mother working at a video store that's my dad showing me that it's possible if you get outside your comfort zone if you leave behind the stories that drag you down that anchor you down that, that, that hold you down like chains you know that's my dad Marilyn Manson you know, I read his autobiography when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, a book that he wrote himself. And he's a big, you know, misinterpreted guy. He was the personification of fear in the 90s and early 2000s. People blamed Columbine High School on him, right? Remember that? This is a guy that is misinterpreted. People considered him the Antichrist, but he's far more intelligent than anybody's ever given him credit for. And if Bill O'Reilly is going to have him on his show, guess he's going to sound smarter. Marilyn Manson's my dad. And, and, and these guys are the ones that raised me. Kanye West, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I, I know how you guys, the majority of you feel about Kanye. I know how you guys feel. He's an asshole. He's an arrogant jerk. His music's not that good. Whatever. Everything he said he was going to do, he's done. The, the, the work speaks for itself. And yeah, he's a controversial figure. And yeah, he's been an arrogant asshole, but he's growing and he's lived his dreams. And his product, his his music is phenomenal and he's changed and revolutionized the game. And guess what? Everybody that's in that field, everybody that's a rapper, dreams that they were Kanye. Steve Jobs, you know? This guy was a visionary. This guy was quote unquote hard to work with. All these guys that I'm talking about, my dads, have overcome many odds, have overcome adversity and still do today. And that attitude has taken them where they needed to go. And they got outside their comfort zone and they did whatever it took. If you're hearing this right now and you're thinking, man, Knives Monroe is an idealist. If you're thinking, man, you know, he's, you know, he lives in his head. This is all a fantasy. Guys, I know this was the tagline of my first movie. But it started out as a fantasy. You have to envision it first, everybody. You have to see it first. You have to feel the result first. And then it's real in you. Even before it's real. Even before it happens. And then you use your potential. You take action. You get those results. And, the, and, and getting those results reinforce those beliefs... And that's where it started from. You had to imagine the results. It's a circle, guys. It's a circle. You got to have the right beliefs. And you have to believe in yourself and invest in yourself. And then you have to utilize your potential. After you've utilized your potential and you believe in yourself, you have momentum, you have leverage, you take action. You take enough action, you change your approach, you do it long and hard enough, you get the results. Once you get the results, it reinforces your beliefs. So you take you know, you use your potential and you take even more action to get more results. And that's a cycle. And if you do that on the span of 10, 15, 20 years, what does that look like? Guys, there's two things, two motivating characteristics, two fundamental factors that go into 
why people do what they do and it's it's fear or it's love isn't it it's pain or it's pleasure it's a yin or a yang it's black and white and guys we we all feel it it's normal it's the human condition tony robbins says that you know the brain's a million years old it's not designed to make you happy that's your job it's designed to make you survive but after a while, guys, uh, that's all I was doing in the Rio Grande Valley. I was just surviving. I didn't want to survive. I wanted to thrive. Do you understand that? If you're comfortable, if you're content, wonderful. If you're satisfied, great. Good for you. Awesome. I'm not talking to you then because you got it all figured out. It must be working for you. Guys, when I was in the Rio Grande Valley... Talking to some artists, Sean Mecca, yeah, you know who you are. Rappers out there, people that are all about hustle. Yet I had to tell them, hey, let's meet up. Let's have lunch. You know, I want to do something for you. You know, they wanted to talk to me about doing a music video, about collaborating, or they wanted advice, or they just wanted to talk, or they wanted to spitball some ideas. And they wouldn't show up. Edward Ayala, I'm calling your motherfucking bitch ass out right now, too. You're a coward. You're a coward. Prove, prove me and everybody else wrong then, okay? And you don't have to thank me, and, and I'm not saying you're welcome. But we are what we do consistently. And I spent a bulk of my conversations out there in the Rio Grande Valley. I spent a bulk of my conversations trying to inspire people to, to take action and to get out. Why? That's a waste of my time, guys. The most precious commodity that there is. That was a waste of my time. And I feel like a, bu a bunch of you took that from me and I can never get that back. And that's fine. There's no value in regret. Another one of my dads, Gary Vaynerchuk. What's up, Gary V? I know I'm going to meet these guys one day and I'm going to shake their hands and I'm going to say thank you. Because if it wasn't for their words, I wouldn't be here today. I definitely wouldn't be making this podcast and you wouldn't be listening to me right now if you're still here. Thank you. My dads don't claim to be know-it-alls. They've just learned from wiser masters than them. They've, you know, they're players and they've learned from the coaches. That's what it is. Jim Carrey, guys, one of my dads. This guy has given me more joy, more light, more hearty, hearty laughs, tears, you name it. He's affected me beyond words. Ever since I was a child, I remember taking the mask to school every day in third grade, begging my teacher to show it in a classroom. They never did. But I took, that, I took the VHS copy of The Mask every day to school. Jim Carrey, one of my dads, says, you know, from, and he learned it from his own father. You can fail at doing something you don't want to do, so you might as well take a chance on doing something that you love. Failure to me was not making the call. Failure to me was not following through. Failure to me was saying someday. Failure to me was procrastinating, was being lazy, was sleeping in, was wanting two or three more hours of sleep because I was tired because of whatever reason. That was failure to me. Ask yourself, guys. Where are you at? Turn your brain on. Shut your ego off. You need to get self-aware. You need to wake the fuck up. It's 2016. It's August. People have already given up. What the fuck happened to your your New Year's resolution? Where did that go? Where did that go? 
2014, my New Year's resolution was to make, uh, was to take a picture every day that year, and I did. Uh, 2015, what was my New Year's resolution? I don't recall, but I did it. 2016, my New Year's resolution was to make every day a masterpiece. And this year, I've done more than I ever expected. And as a guy that's a self-professed filmmaker that's made four feature films, um, you know, I haven't even made a movie this year, and I've done so much. I've put out 50 videos on the Outer Heaven channel. I got to travel with Danny Ramones, independent wrestler, that leaves the valley every fucking weekend, mind you. you do you think he was going to grow and be the best professional wrestler that he possibly could be? To get those opportunities, to get those connections, to, to give his value, to share, to innovate, to collaborate. You think he was going to be able to do that in the Rio Grande Valley at Cena El Rey? Every Friday wrestling the same fucking guys? No. Absolutely not. And he knew that. And he's fucking humble about it. And you bet your ass I wanted to surround myself with this guy. And I traveled to Louisiana with him. And I went to Austin, Texas with him. And I got to meet Johnny Mundo and Joey Ryan. And all these guys that I grew up watching on television. Because I said yes to an opportunity. I interviewed Danny Ramones. And after that interview, you know, that was just supposed to be a YouTube video. And then he was like, wait, that's it? He's like, dude, you got you to follow me around, man. I'm actually going to go to Austin and I'm going to... I'm going to do these shows like, you know, what do you, you want to tag along? And I was like, you know, instinctually, I kind of wanted, I was afraid of the, of the uncertainty. I was afraid. And what do we do when we're afraid? We say no. And that's okay. That's the brain trying to protect you. Remember, the brain's not de designed to make you happy. Your brain's designed to survive. And so I was trying to protect myself. And, but, you know, I subverted that and I said, yeah, yeah, I want to go. Of course. Yeah. I'm a guy that has two kids. Okay. So if I'm going to be gone for a weekend, it actually matters. And for those of you that don't have kids, what the fuck is your excuse? And going out and traveling and sleeping in a car and, and doing all that stuff with Danny and, and looking at this guy who just doesn't sleep, who finds time to work out and to better himself and, you know, is a char uh, charismatic motherfucker, um, that was inspiring. Going out to Yerberia Cotira and seeing you guys was inspiring. Filming your, your stand-up routines, filming your acoustic sets, I was enamored, and I'm in awe of you guys. Where are you going? Where are you going? Are you going forward? Or are you going to stay in the snow globe that is the Rio Grande Valley? What's it going to be? Guys, I'm going to keep going. And do I really have to hit this, the same nail on the head over and over and over again for another 40 minutes? What are you afraid of? I know what I was afraid of. But I shifted that fear. And I realized I'm, I don't want to live in regret. And I want to grow and I want my business to grow and I want to learn more and I want to be challenged I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I don't I don't want to be the funniest guy in the room I don't a lot of you guys are complacent in the Rio Grande Valley. You're comfortable being The big fish in a small pond motherfucker. I was a whale and the site inside of a teardrop over there And it drove me fucking crazy Okay, I remember 2010 looking around looking for the head honcho of the film scene in the Rio Grande Valley. And, uh, you know, you know who's around from 2010? 97% of them dropped off. They're gone. They're gone. They're irrelevant. Their dream is dead. And so I inevitably took over, guys. This isn't my ego talking. This is just what I looked around at. Okay? And I've been fortunate enough to be blessed by people that have shared that with me. Okay? I did my best to give back, man. I was the first filmmaker that I know of in the Rio Grande Valley to not just produce, edit, write, 
photograph, edit, direct, make a movie by himself on the budget of hot dogs and handshakes, put it at the border theater, sell that motherfucker out. I was the first filmmaker to do that. And you know what? Before that, to, to you know, calcify that film experience, I put your trailers before that movie. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Christian Blake. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Johnny Hernandez, Quint Rogers. None of those movies came out, guys. None of those movies came out. You understand? Joe Rios, you've been working on Refresh for how many years? No disrespect, guys. I'm saying this out of love. You know how I said earlier on this podcast, nobody gives a shit about your creative endeavor. Nobody gives a shit about your spirituality, your finances, your politics. Nobody gives a flying fuck. They'll project their opinion onto you. That doesn't mean that they care about yours. If I'm calling you out, Johnny, Christian, Joe, Quint, if I'm calling you out, it's because I care. Because I can't grow in the Rio Grande Valley if you guys aren't growing. And so I looked towards the future. I looked towards the 17, 18, 19-year-old guys. They're doing their own thing, and that's great. That's great. I wanted so desperately, desperately, like, like a relationship that just kept cheating on me over and over and over again and thinking that one day it was going to change. I wanted so desperately to have a film scene in the Rio Grande Valley, but guess what? Because of people's egos, that never, ever fucking happened. I wanted that more than anybody. My brother, Jeremy, and I'm sorry if I'm putting you on blast, man, but you've heard me basically yell at you. You've heard me basically yell at you, you know, because of your ambition or lack thereof, because of your apathy. It, it hurts, man. It hurts because when I look at you, I see greatness. If I was just blessed to be in your body, I feel like I'd have more advantage. But I wasn't, man. I'm a pudgy, light-skinned Hispanic with weird tattoos and a mohawk. And I don't even care about how I dress. I don't, I don't, I'm not even conscious of that. You know what I mean? And I look at these fit, golden, tan, beautiful, curly-headed people like my brother that have it all. But don't even know what hard work is. Don't know what it feels like to cash in on yourself and to go all in. I remember... And I'm sorry, Jeremy. I love you. I'm only saying this because I love you. And if, if you think I'm an asshole because of this, you know what? So be it, man, because I'm, I'm doing the right thing. This is the right thing. The wrong thing would be to put my head down to navel gaze and, and, and let this happen. I would regret that, okay? But I remember you wanting to be in a band and saying, all I need is a bassist. All I need is a bass guitar. If I had my own bass, I would be able to do it by, my, by myself. And I got you a bass guitar for Christmas and you never used it. I don't care about the money, but I've invested in your dreams, bro. I've invested in your dreams and I've just seen you let it pass you by. And you know what, man? I know this is very personal, but if you want to work for NASA, you got to get your act together, man. You know what you got to do and you're on your way and I am proud of you, but I'm not going to applaud you for the little that you've done. I'm not. I'm not going to reward you for the little that you've done. Not yet. Keep going, man. Just do it. And you know what? The time's going to come when you're going to have to leave the Rio Grande Valley. When you're going to have to go say goodbye to your mom. And that's just what it is. And it's fucking hard. But there is no other way and there never fucking was. Don't misinterpret me, guys. I know I know what I sound like, okay? Um, I'm in my car right now in Austin in a parking lot right before I, I, I you know do a job. I, I couldn't get work in the Rio Grande Valley. People kept telling me, have you applied at T-Mobile? 
Have you have you applied at T-Mobile? Guys, I applied at T-Mobile 12 times. I passed their test six times. I must have tried to work there every year, like four times a year since 2011. I never got in. Uh, and that's fine. But if I did get in, I would have get paid, what, $14, $15 an hour? I would have been able, I would have, you know, been stuck in the valley for sure after that. But I didn't want to just exist paying rent. And... You know, I moved to Austin and I told myself and I told my girlfriend, Claire, I told her, you know what? I'm going to apply for both jobs in the Valley and in Austin and we'll see which one bites first and guess which bit first, Austin. I took a chance and now uh, I'm working uh, a job at Apple, you know, pays me 14 some an hour, uh, unlimited overtime, benefits. That's pretty fucking gnarly. I would have never got that in the Rio Grande Valley. I never did. And I have this other job pay 14 some an hour as well um work as many hours as i want and it's called um well maybe i shouldn't say what it is but basically i i clean people's houses i scrub toilets i'm basically um you know a cleaning lady a maid and i love it i love it it's an honor to go inside somebody's house and to scrub their toilet it's an honor that they trust me to leave me a key sometimes to go in and, and clean their oven and clean the inside of their fridge and to wipe down their walls and to sweep and to mop and to make their bed. It's an honor to make these people's beds. I love it. I love it and I'm paid handsomely for it. I would have never gotten that opportunity in, in the Rio Grande Valley. And you can roll your eyes and say, that's why he moved. You're goddamn right, that's why I moved. And I have uh, a meeting this Wednesday uh, with an entrepreneur who's, uh, you know, shout out to Amani, who, you know, has space to make podcasts, to paint, to film, to take photos, to edit, to act, a green screen, you name it. And, uh, you know, she wants to bring me on board. What a wonderful opportunity that is. And I could have easily said no to that. Or I could have easily been in the Rio Grande Valley and watched that pass me by. It was death, guys. I started to feel like I was dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's just what it is, plain and simple. Satisfaction is the death of progress. And I was satisfied living in my little apartment, you know, barely paying rent, having $3 in the bank account and having to wait for the next paycheck. I was satisfied with that for a while. I couldn't do it anymore. I have a big ego, considerably. I have um, a lot of pride, for sure. But I've, I flipped those burgers Okay, and I've been raped creatively by people that have stolen $7,000 of my money and expect me to feel remorse about a terrible experience that happened years ago. And I grew up and I forgave those people that hurt me and I moved on and I did the right thing. I flipped those burgers. I made those phone calls, I took those soup calls and I, I talked on the phone with people that, that wished death on my grandma because they, getting, they couldn't get a $35 refund for something that they didn't deserve. For a system that they try to abuse. I went through that. Sure. We'll do it again. I worked at call centers and I walked in a champion and I clocked out 10 hours later and I walked out a champion. Not because I'm special, because that's a state of mind. And I'd go inside the break room and on, on, on moments where, you know, everybody else is drinking Red Bull and Starbucks and all this other stuff, monsters. I go inside the, the break room and I do 25 push ups. 
and clap my hands together, get into state, listen to Cult of Personality on Spotify and Living Color, blasting inside my ears. And guess what? I feel like a fucking champion and I'm out there and I do the work and I'm not afraid and I have more energy than any of those cocksuckers that are drinking and snorting Red Bull and Monsters and whatever else. That doesn't make me better than you, but it's a state of mind. And I've cultured it and I've, and I've learned it. You have to master the brain, guys. If you know what I mean, you have to learn how to be entertained by the brain and, and to and to use it to help you. You know, are you in control, or are you letting life control you? You know, ask yourself, what are your choices? Is it Coke and Pepsi? That's not a fucking choice. You know what I mean? Invest in yourself. You have to know what your outcome is. What's your outcome? What do you want? What are you really after? What are, what, what do you value in life? What is your belief system that supports that value? If you got to change some shit up, then that's what you got to do. All the dads that I mentioned before me, and even the ones, you know, these heroes that I have, like Sasha Banks, you know, 24-year-old that has kind of done it all, you know, that achieved her dream. There was once a time when nobody believed in her. There was once a time when nobody believed in these guys. Guys, Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, top five for sure some would say the greatest of all time if, if you if you look at just the numbers alone overcame adversity you know remember when they played the Seahawks and they just got demolished came back two years later defeated the Patriots defeated the Panthers won Super Bowl 50 Peyton Manning with hard work broken neck surgery you name it after being deserted by the Colts a, a team that still to this day I mean in Indianapolis, they have a statue of him. Not in Denver, in Indianapolis. You know, this guy's a hero. This guy overcame adversity. Um, how can you not respect that? How can you not admire that? How can you not want more? And for those of you that don't, for those of you that are comfortable and are, and are saying one day, you know, it's never going to happen. It's never going to fucking happen. And for me, who knows? Maybe the best I'll ever achieve is, is being number 512 at something. But if that's my destiny, that's great. If, if the best I ever do is make $100,000 a year, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a living and a half. And I'm good with that. Because it's, it's not about, you know, it's about the journey. It's about the chase. It's about the pursuit. If you take the pursuit away from me, I die. Yeah, you know, I, I do want the big things. I do want a studio. I do want a million listeners and subscribers to this podcast. I do want to be able to control the conversation and, and produce and make the movies that I want to make and write the stuff that I want to write and find the people that I want and not have to settle for film students and, and hacks that aren't going to be doing this a year from now that think that they're doing me a favor. And I'm going to get it. I've already envisioned it. And that's where it starts. It's already real in my bones. Once upon a time, this started off as a fantasy. Everything, every great thing I've ever had started out as a fantasy. That's how it, that's how it happens, guys. How do you think Michelangelo created the statue of David? He stared at that block of marble for years until he found it. And he saw it. And he made it happen. He was working, guys. Inspiration has to find you working. You already know this. And you don't have to listen to me. You just have to do it yourself. Because you're only going to know from experience. You're not going to know from hearsay. You're not going to know from words. It's not enough. You need the experience. 
I wouldn't take this time to spew everything that I have in me right now to you unless I didn't care. But guys, you're lucky that you're a human being on this planet in America. You won the lottery. Every day you win the lottery. Do something win it. Do something with it. You're a disservice and a disgrace if you're just pissing away that, that golden ticket. Plain and simple. Guys, you know, we, we get what we must have, not always what we want. And if you make it a must, you're going to get it. Um, Tony Robbins talks about the, the six human needs. Number one, certainty. You have to know that you're, you know, when you turn that switch on, that light's going to be there. You have to know that you know, when a storm happens, that the roof is going to protect you. That's certainty, guys. You have to know that once you clock in at work, you, know, you still have a job. Certainty. The second human need is uncertainty, variety, right? You, 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 want, you can't just be doing the same routine forever. Otherwise, you get bored. Otherwise, you start dying. Why do you think people started moving? They didn't just stay at their, at their camp for the rest of their lives. They explored. We're discoverers. That's, that's, that's variety, guys. That's the second human need. The third human need, and when I say human need, I mean that this is what we need to survive. This is what binds us all. If we don't feel this and if we don't have this, we die. Number three is significance. What do you do to feel significant? Post a selfie on Instagram? What do you do to feel significant? Point a gun at another human being? Drop bombs on a country to feel like you're number one? What do you do to feel significant? Violence is the, the quickest thing that you can do to feel significant, isn't it? Right? Or maybe some of you guys make a movie. Or some of you guys teach your students something. Or some of you guys wash a, a car at a car wash. Whatever it is for you that you take pride in. That's significance. And number four, of course, is love and connection. If you don't have love and connection, you die. If, if a human being doesn't coddle and hold their baby, the baby dies. Love and connection, guys. That's you know, a big motivating factor for what you do, why you do what you do. You want to feel that love. You want it to be reciprocated. You want to feel connected with other people. Those are the four basic human fundamental needs that we all need to achieve and we all do. Some of us achieve them at a priority, you know, more so than the other. Some people value significance over certainty. Some people value love and connection over significance. But the last two human needs are growth and contribution. Those are the spiritual needs and not everybody gets there. If you want to feel achieved, you can do your best to, you know, nail your first four human needs. If you want to feel, you know, fulfilled, you have to give back and you have to grow. That's just the way it is, guys. This isn't an opinion. This is neuro-linguistic programming. This, the more we learn about the brain, the, the more we learn why we do what we do, guys. And the information is out there. It's no longer about knowing more. It's no, long, no, no longer about that because we all have the same. It's democratized. The, the playing field is the same for all of us. It's no longer about knowing more. It's about doing what you know. It's always been about that. You can call it capitalism. You can call it a meritocracy. But I call it fair. And it is whether, you know, it is what it is, whether you like it or not. And the best always win. You know, that's just the way it is. You can't, um, you know, grow if you're me in the Rio Grande Valley.
can you grow if you're you in that town? Can you? Ask yourself that. Can you give back as much as you possibly can before bettering yourself in the Rio Grande Valley? Ask yourself that. I'm on the journey, guys. It's not over for me. It's not over for me. But, you know, my passion has opened doors. My vision has manifested and became concrete in my in my future. I've seen it happen. It started in my head. I wrote it down on the paper, on the page, and I saw it come to life on the screen. Um, and it continues to do so. Once upon a time, you know, my baby girl, my daughter, she, she started off as a dream. And she's an angel to me. An angel that me and Claire made. An angel that we decided on, you know. And I am blessed every day when I look at her. And I look at my son who saved my life. This guy's my soulmate. I could have easily been way too chicken shit to not cash in and be a part of my son's life. Easily. Look at what I grew up in. My father was a drug dealer. My father was a gangster. I'm not saying he was cool. He definitely wasn't. This guy was a womanizer. Um, this guy chose whatever he chose instead of you know his first three kids. He's a coward. He's chicken shit. And, uh, and I forgive him. And even if that means I'll be the only one at his funeral, I'll be there. I'll be there. But that's where I come from. That's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm taking things to. So, you know, I wasn't a part of the Lucky Sperm Club. I don't have a genetic advantage. I don't. <laughs> you know? Um, maybe the only genetic advantage I have is in my brain somewhere I was self-aware. I was more self-aware than anybody that I knew around me. Still to this day in the Rio Grande Valley, man. Still to this day. You know, and I meet people in Austin and I can see in their eyes, they're like, man, this knives guy is a trip. He's a fucking trip, man. And I use that to my advantage. That was my edge. And guys, you know, Gary Vee will be the first one to say something like this and it makes me comfortable enough. Thank you, dad, for me to say something like this as well. But 98% of the shit that I do, I suck at. And the 2% of the things that I'm incredible at, that's what I do. And that's where I get most of my reward and that's how I feel fulfilled and that's where I fulfill my destiny. You don't know how you're going to get there along the way. You course correct destiny, destination. But know where you're going and um, make that forward progress. You know, I was dying in the Rio Grande Valley. It was 4th and 40. And I didn't even have a super... A super kick. <laughs> I didn't even have a field goal in me. Fourth and 40, guys. And I fucking threw it. And you know what? Here I am in Austin, Texas, and I got a first down. Forward progress. I'm in it to win it. You like that? You like that? Guys, if you've made it this far, trust me, I could have gone another hour longer. But I think I made my point. You know? Um... This is for that one person that goes out there that, that's going to hear this one day, maybe years from now, and is, is going to hear this and say, where the fuck has this been my whole life? This is what I needed. Guys, do something about it. Make that phone call. Apply to that job. It's easier now than ever. You can do it on your phone. You don't even need service. Go get a fucking you know, thing that doesn't even work and use the Wi-Fi. Use free Wi-Fi. Do whatever it takes. Take the bus. Sell your couch. Do whatever it takes. Bust your ass. Save up money. Make a plan. Write it down. Make it real. 
What are you afraid of? It's going to come down to either fear or laziness, guys. Those are the two fundamental human, uh, human characteristics that stop us from doing what we want to do and stop us from achieving what we want to achieve and are going to keep us from being fulfilled. Fear and laziness. What are you afraid of? Failure? Inaction is the ultimate failure, guys. So if you're, you know, not taking action, you're already failing. Do something about it. Get that first down. Move forward. And I, I promise you, you don't have to thank me because this isn't about me, believe it or not. But I promise you, you're, you're going to look back at your timeline and your life. You're going you're gonna to say, fuck, man, I should have did this a long time ago. I was afraid. And then you're going to tell other people. You're going to be a beacon. You're going to be that lighthouse. You're going you're to be that lighthouse. You're going to be that compass for people that, that points them north. And you're going to pass it forward. And you're going to contribute the sixth spiritual human need contribution. You're going to give that back and say, hey, guys, just do it. Just do it. You should have done it already. The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. It was 20 years ago, right? That's going to pass you by, guys. I'm already 28 years old. I remember when I was 18, 10 years ago. I remember. I remember when I was 16. And I, and I thought, you know, I thought the time would be perfect. I thought someone was going to hand me an opportunity and I was just going to take it. Think about the opportunities that you've passed you by. Think about the times where you, you, you said yes to something and you had three months of results. And you could have kept going, but you stopped. You got comfortable. You got complacent. You, you were satisfied. You said, this is good enough. Or you got caught up, right? I know how it feels. I've been there. Guys, um, I'll just leave you with this. You know, I'm a humble guy. You know, I've been put in my place. People have kicked my ass. I've been destroyed financially. I've been destroyed artistically, creatively, um, romantically. I've gone through the ringer and I've came out a better person because I decided that it was the meaning that I gave it. It's not because I'm special. It's not because of anything like that. It was the meaning that I gave it. What is the meaning you're going to give your life, your journey, your narrative, your story, where you live, your ambition, your goals? What is the meaning that you choose to, to, to give it? Make it compelling and make it real and just fucking do it. I love you guys. Thank you very much for paying attention. Share this. Get this out there. Send it to that one person that needs to hear it. Everybody that's hearing this right now, just send this to one person that needs to hear it. Listen to it together. Listen to it on your way to work. Do whatever you have to do. Share this. Somebody out there is going to have to connect with this. I believe that. You can find me at knivesmonroe at gmail.com or theotterheaven at gmail.com. That's heaven, H-A-E-V-E-N. You can find me on Instagram at knivesmonroe or Instagram at theotterheaven, H-A-E-V-E-N. You can find me on YouTube at theotterheaven. You can find me at Twitter at knivesmonroe. Guys, Facebook, you know how to find me. I'm out there. What are you doing? Keep a force field around your heart. I love you.